Here's the big question. How are these average, everyday moms getting radical results in their lives? How are they able to transform their health, money, families, homes, and have fun doing it? The trick? We're not average. I'm Hannah Keeley, and I'm going to spill our secrets and answer your questions right now in That Mom Show. Awesome! I'm so excited to be here today with my friend Beth Spangler, and she is incredible. She's so amazing, and I want everyone to go ahead and get inside because we're going to be hanging out with Beth for a few minutes here talking about her experience and her incredible testimony that she has. And if you um, are like, well, who is this Beth Spangler again? Who is she? Let me just uh, tell you, Beth has got an amazing voice, but her voice has taken her places. And she's been on The Voice. She actually got a four-chair turnaround. That's called response. That's called God's (laughs) favor right there, you know? He said he will move things on our behalf, and he did. He moved those people on your behalf, Beth. And so I am so grateful. So everyone's tuning in. Say hello to say hello to Beth. Hi, everybody. Come on inside. And, yeah, they're excited to meet you, excited to get to know your story. And also for any moms out there who have, um, you know, tune in with your kids. Call them in and let them tune into this because she has got an incredible ministry, especially to um, teenagers. So, yes, call them in. Let them be a part of this. Beth, I just want to uh, start up here, but I'm afraid I'm afraid I might be. So um, we're just, we're just going to claim that all things work together for good, including Wi-Fi and everything uh, digital. Amen. So, <laughs> so, Beth, I would love to start. Um, I wish I am just so impressed by what amazing character you have and how you're using your platform to reach people for Christ. And uh, so, give us a little. Um, Give us a little back end story, okay? I would love for you to share your testimony, and I know that um, we're going to be having comments and questions coming in. So, also before Beth starts, could you share this? Make sure you share this on your own um, timeline so that people can see it and they can tune in because you don't know. Maybe the words from Beth today will be something that totally turns someone's life around. So, make sure you share this. I appreciate it so much for you doing that. And um, everyone's excited to hear your story, Beth. So go ahead and tell us, give us your testimony and share about how you got where you are now, girl. It's incredible. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Um, It's always a pleasure and a privilege to have the opportunity to share with all of you guys the things that God has done and is continuing to do in my life. Um, But I grew up in Aiken, South Carolina. Um, I come from a very musical background, both sides of my family, uh, either sing, like everyone in the family either sings or plays an instrument or both. And so music is just embedded in who I am. And from a very young age, I grew up singing in church and um, just felt like it was something God was calling me to do. Even when I was young, like I can remember about nine years old, just looking at other artists on television, listening on the radio and thinking, one day I'm going to be there. That's just it was just so in me. Um, But I just didn't know how and I didn't know when. Um, And so growing up in a small town, I 
really always felt like music was my calling. But at the same time, I didn't really have the resources um, that a lot of other people from big cities have, um, you know, to kind of pursue that type of career. Uh And so over time, um, you know, instead of following God and knowing that he had prepared the way for me, I kind of did what I thought would be realistic. And that was go finish finish high school, go to college, get a degree. Um, And not that that is a bad thing to do. That's a wonderful thing to do. Um, But had I, had I known what I know now, I probably would have just, um, you know, kind of mastered my education and involved the musical side of, of who I am and what I wanted to do in my career. But I went to school for, um, uh, x-ray and started doing that. And, I've been uh, working in a children's hospital in Augusta, Georgia for about six years. And one day, um, shortly after my dad was in a really bad uh, motorcycle accident, uh, he said to me, he lost his leg, he had a massive heart attack. We were really struggling through this process of getting him um, rehabilitated and back to normalcy. And he told me, he said, you know what? Um, we never know how much time we have and make sure that you're doing what God's calling you to do. Make sure you're doing what you love, even if it seems impossible. And, um, that really stuck with me. And so at that point I decided to pursue music, um, part-time while I was still working, um, because doing music full or well, doing music in general, making music is very expensive. And Mm -hmm. so I was working at the hospital to kind of, um, fund what I was doing in music. And, um, after about a year of doing that, I released my first single called like a bird. And this song is so special to me, um, because it's talking about breaking free from the things that hold you down, that hold you back. For some people, that's an abusive relationship. For some, that's alcoholism. For me, it was a fear of failure. You know, um, it it just comes in so many different forms. And even though this song was written by people who didn't intend for it to be, you know, necessarily a Christian song on the Christian radio stations, it was a very inspirational song. And I personally felt like it was a song. It was a theme song for me, breaking those chains that the enemy had put on me for so long. And um, there was a really great response to this song. And shortly after, I got a call from The Voice. And, you know, for a long time, my husband and I had been watching The Voice. And we loved it. We never missed it. Okay. I just need you to take me back to that moment when you got a call. Like, walk me through the emotions. What were you doing How, when you picked up the phone and it was the, like, was it display? Tell, I, want, I want to know all the details. So I was actually contacted by them initially on my Facebook music page that okay, I created. Cool. And they had heard my single. They had seen some of the cover videos did I've you done. you freak out when they contacted you? I did because I was, I was actually at work at the time. <laughs> and I really wasn't supposed to be on my personal email <laughs> or Facebook. But I was on my lunch break and I got on there for whatever reason. And, you know, my husband had been saying, you should go try it. You should try it out. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. You know, even though I was pursuing music, I was still trying to dip my toe in instead of going all the way in the way God was calling me to do, um, testing the waters, I guess you could say. And so when I got that uh, message from them, I just 
was beside myself. I was like, I can't believe this. And they were asking me to come in for a private audition. So of course, I celebrated with all my coworkers and, you know, I just, it, I mean, it just, it was surreal, you know, and I kept saying, can you imagine if I make it further? I'm going to, I'm not going to be watching this anymore. I'm going to be like in my TV. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, totally. So um, it was just such a surreal experience. And of course, uh, you know, when they asked me to come and, and do that private audition, I was like, yeah, definitely. Um, and the process from the time they contacted me to the time that they actually aired our season was almost a year. And wow. I had only been married. waiting on the harvest. Right. And it's not, and it's not this easy breezy process. It's really not. I mean, you go through several different rounds, you know, there were seven over 75,000 people who auditioned my season. And you know that, you know, and you you want to be what they're looking for. And a lot of times it doesn't have anything to do with talent. It has more to do with the demographic that they're looking for for that season. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's hard not to think to yourself, am I good enough? Am I, am I, am I good enough to do this? And um, so going on the show also required me to travel across country. It's filmed in California. I was still fairly newly married and um we would have to be sequestered out there sometimes for a month or more at a time, wow. sometimes without our phones. Oh, and yeah. so, you know, I'm trying to adjust to, you know, being newly married. My husband's trying to adjust to me being gone. There were just, there were a lot of, um, of difficulties along the way uh, yeah. during this process. But what I knew for sure that I wanted out of this experience was that I wanted to be able to be a light. I wanted to be able to be a light for the young people, for the older people, uh, for women and men alike. I just, I wanted people to see Christ shine through me. Yeah. And, um, so I felt like, you know, this is going to be an easy process. My heart's in the right place. Um, God opened this door for me. What could go wrong? And so we get out there uh, to start filming the pre-recorded portion of the show, which are the first three rounds. And, you know, first it started, everyone else had gotten their song for their blind audition. They hadn't given me mine. Um, I was about two and a half months behind the others in receiving my song. So then that affected how long I could practice. Wow. Little tiny things that kept getting me a little bit discouraged along the way. Um, but you know, I just continued to rely on God throughout the process. And I was like, Lord, I know you have this. And um, so I got my song, which was Beyonce's Best Thing I Never Had. I practiced it hours and hours a day. So when the time came for me to rehearse with the band, I was very confident in what I was going in to do. Things went great. Um, and then the time came for us to do um, our onstage rehearsal. And this is kind of where things started to change for me um, and being confident, um, you know, about what I was there to do and how well I could do these things and perform. Um, I would I definitely wasn't overconfident, but I just uh, I knew that uh, this is where God wanted me to be. Right. So a lot of times we think when our heart's in the right place and God wants us here, everything's going to go. Yeah, so you're like, what can go wrong? Right. 
And so I get on stage, uh, which we're on the voice stage, just like you see on television. Uh, the chairs are out there. There's no coaches. But the producers um, from both NBC and The Voice are in, um, you know, in the room. Yeah. Watching. There's probably 20 people there. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stress with your peers, too. They're going, OK, you got to do great. This is going to determine the order in which you audition um, for the blinds. And so I kind of went in with this whole mindset. I've got to go in here and kill it. Yeah. I've got to impress them. So I get up there and they give you ready to crush it. Right. And right. I had practiced so much. I just. I, I was just ready. Mm -hmm. I felt prepared for this. And I don't think that's not like a pride thing. That's the confidence that comes when you're in the right place at the right time. You know you're doing it for the right reasons. There's nothing wrong with that. Like that right. is a God confidence. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. And and so when I got up there, they give you three, um, three chances to sing your song. The first one, they want you to kind of like – you know, make sure the sound is good because you have a live band behind you. After that, they want you to move around and make sure sound is good. And after that, they want you to perform it exactly like you're going to do on television. So I get well, that's kind of cool that they let you warm up to it. So right. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. and and kind of shake the nerves, you know. Yeah. And so I started to sing, and I don't know how to explain it, but it was as if someone else's voice was coming out of my mouth and not in a good way. I, I didn't have the breath to finish my song. I could barely hear myself. So my pitch was way off. Uh, I just struggled immensely. And, and you're thinking, I have pride. Like, I know this, like what is right. going on? I know this song. Yeah. And so I started to panic and, uh, then I, they said, well, go ahead and do it a second time, see how it feels. So I, I start to, to perform it again. It was a little bit better than the last time, but yeah. really nothing to brag about. Um, so that third time, I said, you know what? This is really going to have to be better. Um, but it was the worst of all three. Like the um, last one was the worst? It was the worst. I I I just... It was as if I'd never even sang this song. And I was like, what is going on? And so, um, you know, it, I had the sweetest vocal coach ever. Nerves because you were totally confident. Yeah, I didn't feel nervous. I just felt like I didn't. It almost felt like all the parts of my voice and my diaphragm just weren't working. I mean, wow. it was unreal. Wow. And my um, vocal coach that I was working with at the time on the show came up and said, Oh, honey. He was so sweet. And he's like, what happened? And I knew when he said that, I was like, this is really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. So during the time that I was out there, I was actually reading The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. Oh, I don't know who's read that. It's on. But it is life-changing. Yes. And yes. I, I had gotten, uh, you know, maybe a third of the way through the book. And... It was really, really um, changing the you know changing my mindset and 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 how this process could look for me, um, you know, focusing on the power of prayer and allowing God to do bigger things than even I could think or dream. And but when this happened, and suddenly everything just started to change and nothing was going according to plan. It was really hard for me not to be mad. Totally. And so I like, left. You're like, God, why did you bring me this far? And then I fall on my face and look like an idiot. Like that doesn't yes. make me good, God. 
Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. And so I was mad. I was bitter. They took me back to yeah. the to the hotel, and I was like, you know what? Why'd you even bring me out here? You know, why'd you bring me here to get me on national television so that I can, you know, make a fool of myself in front of a nation? Yeah. Yeah. You know, in front of a world, in front of the world, really. I mean, th this goes on the internet and stays there forever. Yeah. And so I, I was really confused. I was really mad. I was really hurt. I can, I have to say, that's the first time I feel like I've truly been mad at like decisions that God made, and 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 like you figure out. Kind of. I did. Yeah, yeah, I really did. Yeah. I mean, isn't it awesome that God? God's love is so relentless. Like we can get mad at him. Like and he's like, girl, nothing you drive my way from you. He's that's so cool that he gives us yeah. the freedom to even be mad or feel betrayed, and right. he still will receive us and love us. Absolutely, and and you know, um, I knew that. You know, I yeah. knew that that he cared. I knew that he didn't bring me out there to to you know make a fool of myself. I knew I had a purpose there, but I just couldn't see it. And because yeah. I couldn't see it, I started to grow um, more and more angry. And so I realized when I got back to the hotel, I realized I said, you know what? I need to find somewhere to pray. I need to just get on my knees and pray, which was difficult because my roommate at the time was not a believer. We're in a small hotel room. We're sequestered there, um, all of us, along with other hotel guests. So finding a place was very difficult. Yeah. So finally, I felt the Lord say to me, you want all these things from me, but you're too ashamed to get on your knees in public. Bam! Bam! Oh. <laughs> so I find myself outside in the parking lot on my knees people watching cars passing first time that I, I mean in all honesty that i can say i had really um you know put my pride aside and and gotten on my knees like that and in front of everyone and i was there for hours and i just prayed and i cried and i asked him what is it that you want me to do here and actually when i started praying what i was praying for was what i wanted not what he wanted and what i wanted was I was like, I don't want an audition. I want to be one of those people that gets to the bottom of this list so that they fill up the teams before I get a chance to audition. I can fly home and say, well, who knows what could have been, but I didn't wow. get my shot. And that's honestly what I started praying for. And when I got up, I thought I'd feel better. You think God just laughs when we pray for small things? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, sure God, he check this out. I feel like he was probably saying, okay, sweetie, go, go to sleep. We'll talk in the morning. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. show you. <laughs> I'll show you what I had in mind. <laughs> um, so and the next morning I got up. And, you know, for those who have read The Circle Maker, um, you know this already, and for those who haven't, I strongly encourage you to get this book. Totally. Um, but they're talking about how the Israelites are circling, uh, circling the wall of Jericho and and praying around it. And they they circled every every single day for six days, once one time, and then on the seventh day they circled um, seven times. And God brought those walls down. Um, they prayed through. Um, those circumstances. And even though they feel ill-equipped, one thing that stuck with me um, that 
the author said was God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Amen. And so I got up that morning and I said, you know what, God, I'm, I'm sequestered. I, there's nowhere I can go, but I'm going to circle this hotel resort, which is pretty big. I was like every morning from here on out, I'm going to get up. I'm going to circle this place seven times and I'm going to pray until you tell me what you want me to do. until I know exactly, you know, what steps I need to take. And so I got up that morning. I was still mad. I was still upset. I was still feeling really down about everything. And I started walking and praying and, you know, some of the, my peers and other contestants were looking down from their balconies, like, what's Beth doing? <laughs> you know, she's uh, lost it. She's crap. Yeah. At first, it looked like I was just exercising, you know, I guess. Um, but I was just praying. I was like, God, you know, tell me what you want me to pray for. Right. Show me what's bigger than what I'm seeing. And by the end of that day, I was able to pray, um, gain the courage, you know, through him to pray for an audition, which was a step because before I didn't want the audition. Right, right. Um, next day I get up, I'm circling in prayer. By this time, you know, I got a little more pep in my step, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm like, um, you know, She's what a is bit it? Of glory in her now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is it that you want me to pray for today? And I just kept feeling him say, what is it that's impossible to you right now? What is impossible after what you did on that stage? And what was impossible was a four chair turn. Right. You know, it, it wasn't even at that point about me wanting to do well and show off and like come back to my, you know, town. Like, look at me. I was scared to death to pray for that. But wow. that's what he wanted me to pray for because it was impossible to me. Yeah. So finally, after, you know, round six, going into seven, I was like, all right, Lord, I trust you. I am beyond my ability, but I'm not only going to pray for an audition, but I'm going to pray for a four-chair turn. And you're going to have to show up and show off because yeah. I don't think I can do it. Yeah. I know I can't do it alone. And yeah, so when we get to the end of ourselves. That's when God shows up, you know? Yes. And, you know, along the way, you know, um, in knowing how much time we have, I'm having to kind of condense. But I want to say this along the way, I did have um, an opportunity to really um, be that light I wanted to be for other people and um, many of who were lost that were out there. Wow. And yeah. at the same time, those who I was very close to uh, had the opportunity to see me go through this like high and then this low I mean because it's very obvious that I hadn't done well at my um, rehearsal and that things weren't going as planned and right. um, and so they all knew what was going on and then every morning when I get up my room would be like where are you going I'm like going to spend time with my lord you know she's like oh you're cute that was oh, always her so like, <laughs> and that adorable so I um so I got up the third morning and that evening that that was the first meeting we were going to have where they were going to announce the order in which we were to audition. Right. And so um, I got up, I was praying and I was like, Lord, I know you got this. I had more confidence in Christ than I'd ever had in all my life. at this yeah, point. So I'm no longer looking like I'm exercising. I'm out there like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody's yeah. thinking I'm crazy. And um yeah. 
we get there that night. And for those of you who don't know how this works, there's four coaches and 12 people make a team, uh, make each coach's team. So a total of 48 people will make the season. Yeah. At this point where I was at, there were 103 of us out there. Very talented people. Yeah. So it's very easy for those spots to fill up quick. Um, we get there to the meeting. They take our phones so that we can't communicate. We don't know who's made a team, how many teams are full or whatever. And um, they said, we're going to announce 22 people, the first 22 to go in the morning to audition. And my name wasn't called on that list. I wasn't very surprised about that. Um, but at that point, everyone else started to panic, you know, because they're like, OK, 22 people have already gone. What if all of them made a team? Now, almost half of the teams are full, you know, um, but I was really calm about it. And I was like, you know what? God's got this. So I got up the next morning. I circled the place in prayer. Um, you know, I told God, however you want to do this, I know you're going to come through for me. We go in that night. They call 22 more names. I was not one of them. So now 44 people have gone. Uh, and then this is where people really started to panic. There are people who oh, were yeah. crying and, you know, I quit my job for this. I left my family, you know, by themselves and my kids for months That's at a time. Doubt, 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 doubt. It always creeps in there. So much. Yeah. And I, the, the only way I could keep from falling into that trap was I had to continue to renew my mind with scripture. Yes. And I had little note cards. You can't conform. You've got exactly. to transform your mind. Exactly. And one of the scriptures that stuck out um, for me the most um, was Psalms 139, 13 through 16. And it just talks about how God created you in your mother's womb and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. But not only that, but that he knows every single step of every single part of your life. Um, he, yeah. he, he saw all the days that were ordained for you before you ever took your first breath. And that kept giving me hope. Like he knows what tomorrow holds. I don't have yeah. to know. And so I, um, so I got up the next morning, circled in prayer. We went to the meeting that night, 22 names were called. I was not one of them. Oh, so man. At this point, I felt God telling me, all right, now I want you to share with people what I'm going to do. And I'm like, oh, come on. I already prayed in public. Don't make me do this. <laughs> you know, but, um, but like those are those moments that <laughs> make our huge milestones when God yeah. is like, hey, you know what? Are you going to go public with this? Are you going to share this? Do you have such faith that right. you're willing to profess it? Right. Or are you just going to keep it between me and you? Right. And and that's what he wanted me to do. With all of these friends that I've made and these people that are close to, some, uh, you know, few are believers, but many weren't. Yeah. So, yeah. so for me to go and have to share, like, people started to take notice that I was still so calm about what was going on, yeah. you know. And they're like, well, we don't even know if we can still make a team. We already know that, you know, four chair turns are out of the question, or at least they felt like that because 66 people had already gone. And here I am so calm. And they're like, Beth, why do you have so much peace? Like, what's going on? And... um so then I had the opportunity to share, you know, uh, what I felt like God was saying to me and that, you know, I was confident in his promise to me, which was that he was not only going to give me an audition, but that I was going to get a four chair turn. Yeah. 
And they laughed at me. Did you feel like like <laughs> in the pit of your stomach when you're sharing this? Yes, absolutely okay. I did. Okay. Yeah. I want everyone to understand something here. When God calls you to do something, you don't have to feel good about it. You don't even have to right. feel confident about it. You just have to follow through. Yeah. And, and that's I, what Beth did. I dreaded it. You know, like, of course I didn't dread sharing. Well, in some ways that's even dreaded sharing it with yeah, some of the believers because... because even some of the believers are like, oh, that's cute, you know? <laughs> and then the ones that didn't really understand were kind of like, um, they were they were kind of like, okay, you're crazy. It wasn't so yeah. much cute. Or, it was just, you're absolutely. A bit arrogant. Yeah, maybe so. And, but I, and I did keep telling them, you know, this is something God's going to do. And when he does it, then you'll know. Yeah, it wasn't me. It was him, you know, and so and and I felt like that was an important part of this whole thing, because people are quick to give the the person glory and, and credit for what they're doing. But he wanted me to make sure they understood up front. It wasn't anything I was able to do in my own power. And so I get up the fourth day, I circle in prayer Well, the fourth day that um they were going to announce names. We go in that night and they announced the other, um, the next 22 people. And I was not one of them. <laughs> and so now we have 88 people 88. that have already gone out of 104 and only 48 can make a team. And so, um, again, every, I mean, just it, the panic level with everyone's oh, describing. I'm sure. I'm sure. And, I was still and like, you know, people felt kind of hopeless too. They did. You know, at that point, people had pretty much given up. They're like, you know, I know I'm not going to get to audition or, I, okay. you know, I know this yeah. isn't going to work out. And I still maintain this level of, of, um, holy confidence, I guess you could say in what God was going to do. And the more time that passed, the more I was able to share that. And in some cases, the crazier I looked, but, um, you know, and, but I had these note cards out where I was just reading scripture, reading scripture Praise to, God, keep, yes. to keep, you know, my mind it right. Faith alive. And it got to a point where not only were there contestants, but there were also like makeup artists and hairstylists that were asking me, well, what are you reading? Well, let us pick one and you read it out loud, whichever scripture we pick and stuff like that. So it was really neat to, to see everyone like suddenly become interested in what God had to yeah. say in his yeah. word. So the very next day I get up and I circle in prayer and, um, this, this night when we went in for them to announce who was going to um, be going the next day, they said, well, you know, there's only like, you know, uh, there were less than 20 of us, I guess, that were left. And they said, instead of us um, only taking some of you today and hoping that we have another day, we're going to just take everybody. Hope we get through everyone tomorrow. And um we're going to give you the list of like the order in which you're going to audition. And we're like, okay. So after the meeting was over, they said for us to go up and look at the list. We'd all have the same call time. Well, there was a really long list a and a really short list B. And I was the first name at the top of list B. So in, in, in any 
normal sane person's mind, my shot <laughs> at a four chair turn is done. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I didn't at any point in time question it because I knew the conversations that God and I'd had, but everyone else saw where my name was. Yeah. And they're like, now what? Now what's your now, God going to do? Feel at this point, because I've been there before when, mm -hmm. um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you feel like my future is completely and utterly dependent on how I stay in faith at this moment. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it's when like the rubber meets the road and it's like, it's kind of like you can compare it to like, here's the storm and I've got this rock I'm standing on, which is his word. And if I like, I am barely gripping onto that rock, but if I move one inch off of it, I've blown it. Without a doubt. You know, like in that critical, like this, this is like, Defcon one, like this is this is like where we are critical with our faith and we can't move from it, or else I'm going to blow what God is trying to do for me. Absolutely, and I've never I, that I can recall been in that vital a position or situation. Yeah, yeah. and and That's so yeah, there, girl. That's a hundred percent. Yes. And, and, you know, it was funny because we look at this list and then, of course, someone says, well, what are the chances of this list order changing? Like somebody getting moved up and they were like, producers have already decided this is the order. It will not change for any reason. And so I, you know, I, I told God when I got back to my room, I said, look, I trust what you're telling me. I know what you've told me to do. I'm certain of that. At this point, this is not my name, it's yours. These people, I have professed your name behind what's about to happen. So I am willing, um, I'm willing to be your hands and feet. I am open, move through me. But you're right, you have to stay diligent and focused completely and totally on him for him to use you. And so the next morning, we had like a 5 a.m. call time, but I got up at like 3 or 2.30 or 3 to walk, to pray, to to be faithful in that. And um, he just gave me this peace, this reassurance. And so I, I kept moving forward with it. And uh, we got there. They put us through hair and makeup. And then they put us in this like kind of holding room. And there were a bunch of us in there. Everyone's practicing and warming up their voice. And I'm just sitting there <laughs> reading my scriptures because the enemy was really trying, he was really trying to sneak in and be like, you know, and, and just set that doubt in my mind. If, and he can, if, he, if the enemy can just get you to utter one thought of doubt, you know, like one thought one of doubt, then he's got you. Absolutely. Like, because the devil is as much a legalist as as anyone else and he's like see she spoke down now i can do whatever i want exactly he's, he's listening in and i've never been more i had never been more aware than i was at that moment of that truth you know uh it was yeah. almost tangible how yes. badly he wanted yes. in and just steal it all and so i'm sitting in this room and of course you're listening to other people practice who are amazing yeah. You know, and, and for all these reasons, you know, doubt could easily set in. Absolutely. Yeah. And so at this point, there are about eight other people that were still 
um, supposed to go before me. And again, at this point, we don't know how many people have actually made the season right. and who, you know, whether Adam's already got all of his 12 or, you know, Gwen already had hers. Um, so, I mean, I was walking in completely blind in, in that sense, you know, um, and suddenly one of the production assistants walked in with a microphone and said, um, where's Beth? And they were like, she's over there in that room. And he comes in and he goes, you're next. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, your next producers want you on stage next. And everyone else was like, wait a minute. Like, we're supposed to go first. Y'all said the list wouldn't change. And they said, we don't have an, you know, we don't have an explanation for you. They just said, go get Beth Spangler. So they come get me. They mic me up. Um, the contestant before me was already up there performing their song. They threw me in the chair. Oh, I couldn't hear you. What'd you say? I said, and your heart is probably like all of a sudden. (laughs) Well, and and, you know, at this point, it almost felt like it was going to explode because I was like, he's doing it. You know, like he's really doing this. And it wasn't that I had doubt that he'd come through for me, but like, being human, you have these moments where you're like, all right, God, because I can't see how this is going to work out. Right, so, right. And so um, next thing you know, I, they put a mic in my hand, they open the door and they're like, you're on. And so I, my goal wasn't, I wasn't thinking about impressing anyone. I wasn't thinking about uh, anything. I said, I'm going to look over the chairs so I'm not distracted, just into the darkness. And I'm going to sing with everything I've got. I already knew that I would maybe struggle. There's a possibility that I would struggle vocally because from the rehearsal, I didn't make adjustments to the sound and I didn't know what to change and I've lost my chance. So if you go back and you watch the um, episode, you see me start first plugging my ear because I couldn't hear anything. Couldn't hear myself. And I was trying to make sure I was like on the right pitch, but I got up there and I was like, you know what, God, this is all you. It's time for you to show up, yeah. you know? And so I started singing. That was the first time I can honestly say I'd ever sang a secular song and felt like I was praying at the same time. Oh, so <laughs> and That's I was just so like, um, I got, you know, maybe nine seconds into the song and both Adam and Blake turned their chairs. And of course, even though I was looking over the chairs, you could see their lights light up. Yeah. And you know, of course, naturally I got excited inside, but I kept saying, God, this is not, this is not what you told me to pray for. Yeah. This is not what you told me to pray for. And this isn't about me any longer. So that's not enough, you know? And so, but I never lost that. Even though I say, I sing through the whole song and I was on like literally the last note. If you go back and watch it, when uh, Gwen and Pharrell pushed their buttons in turn. But even to that very last note, I just knew in my heart, he is going to come through for me. He's going to. I know he is. Yeah. And sure yes. enough, on that, on that final second where they could actually push those buttons, they pushed them, turn. Turns out I was the very last four chair turn of the season. Wow. <laughs> so had they not beautiful. moved me up, you know, had they not moved me up for whatever reason. And, and then, you know, I was up there for like 58 minutes on stage while they fought over like whose team I would be on. It was just kind of like God, you know, you ask him for, you know, 
a million and he says, you know, I'm going to give you three just because I'm God. You know what I mean? I'm going to just show you what I have to do. So he's giving me all these like extra cool things that were happening. But what was really neat was once I, you know, made a team and they put you in a van, they take you to what they call the winner's hotel. Every single person that had already made it always runs down to hear someone else is coming to see who's going to get out of the van. Yeah. And the first question when you get out of the van is how many chairs did you get? And these are all the people that God had made me tell. Right. And I said, um, I got four chairs. Oh, we knew you'd get four chairs. And I was like, no, I told you if it happened, it was God. And, you know, you could see the wheels turning and some, you could see some brush it off. But it was a day later that I had my roommate come up to me and she was like, you have this sense of peace. And I've been struggling to find that peace. And uh, I'm just kind of wondering how I can find it. And I was like, he is peace. Yeah. He he is. You it's know, it, you can't find it anywhere else. Right, right. And there were so many other things that happened along the journey. Um, but that, as soon as I made it through um, that four-chair turn, uh, I... I realized that this was something that God wanted me to share. So I went on to the next, the next round. I ended up with a vocal cord hemorrhage, left vocal cord hemorrhage. Uh, I was at the doctor the night before I performed in my battle round. They were giving me shots of steroids so I could even talk. Another big whammy that you're like, okay, God, what are you doing now? You know, Um, but I was able to sing a song by Christina Aguilera called I Turn to You. And I said, this has always been a song I've sang to the Lord, even before I was on the show. And I was like, I'm just going to get out there and sing it to God. And there were parts that were edited out that Pharrell stood up and he's like, God is good, isn't he? You know, and just oh, that's like, so amazing. The, the, it was kind of like this worshipful moment in the studios. Sometimes things that happen like in the moment can't be like duplicated when it's right. shown on TV. Right. Um, but that was a really triumphant and exciting moment. I got stolen by Gwen. And then the next round, they that was when um, production started to try to kind of change my look. They wanted to cut my hair. They wanted to put me in more risque outfits that I didn't feel comfortable in. And, uh, you know, you're kind of told to go with it. They know what they're doing. Don't push back or else. And, you know, whether or not that was the reason I was eliminated, I don't know, but I fought back because I didn't feel comfortable going in, you know, going on television on stage in front of a bunch of people and these tiny little shorts and cutouts all over, um, and performing. And so I told them that, and, um, I struggled a lot that round. I struggled with the song. I struggled with the attire. I struggled with, um, the way they wanted to change me. And I felt like I'd worked really hard to create um, the type of image that I wanted to relay to the young people watching and um, to any fans that I may, um, you know, kind of pick up along the way. And so they did end up um, changing my clothes, but because I wouldn't let them cut my hair, they put a wig on my head that round. (laughs) And... um, and in that process and struggling with that song, I kind of felt like it was the end of the road for me. I feel like God 
and I and, and I had a lot of conversations with him about this. I started to struggle very much so spiritually. And it's amazing how you can be on this mountaintop experience. God can show you all of these incredible ways that he comes yeah. through every single day. And then just a few weeks later or a few days later or sometimes a few hours later, yeah. we start to doubt him. I know. And, crazy. But in looking back, I can see where the enemy you know, I gave him one little moment of doubt. And the next thing I know, he is there just, it was like a heavy blanket. Yes, yes. That I couldn't shake. That's what oppression feels like. Yes, like ma'am. And, um, and I told God, I said, you know what? If I'm going to be this way, I don't want to be here because you have, you have worked through me. You've touched lives. You've sown seeds. And I don't want to ruin that. Right, right. And I, you know, I could just feel, um, you know, this this darkness around me. And, and you know what, I, I don't know what was, you know, if that was exactly how God intended for it or if he, um, you know, just through prayer realized, you know what, it's time for me to go ahead and let this girl start sharing her testimony. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get her back exactly where she needs to be. But, um, but you know what, it always restores. Absolutely. Like we don't have to get to a place in our life. Like you might be thinking, oh, well, did I blow a a chance there? Or did I mess something up? God's like, girl, you can't mess things up. Like I've always got plan B. Exactly. Like I just keep going. I've got a million ways to get you to your abundance. So, and, and for those who are listening here, like, man, but, you know, did I marry the wrong person? Did I, did I, you know, make the wrong decision? God's like, do you just like he did, you know, with you, Beth, just like God showed up with you. He's never beyond a way to glorify himself through your life in an amazing way. Absolutely. And you know what? Looking back on those moments and recognizing where I really started to struggle a lot there, God's even used those times. You know, in my 33 years of life, there's never been a time that I can recall where I actually even allowed the thought of suicide to enter my brain. Right. And and I and I can't say that I fully entertained it, but I remember sitting on the stairwell as I was rehearsing for that third round. And I feel like I had more of a direct attack from the enemy than I've ever experienced before. And I just felt this whisper in my ear. Um, you won't have to worry about humiliating yourself on national TV if you just throw yourself off the stairwell. And. I was scared for a long time to share that because I thought people would think I was crazy or they would think that something wrong with me. But what I really, (laughs) what I realized is that was just another element to that story, to that testimony that God is now used to reach people who have experienced moments like that. And I'm so thankful for it. And in the testimony that I have um, from that experience on the voice is far far greater than any trophy I could have walked away with. And um, I have had the privilege and honor of traveling for the past three years and speaking at churches, at women's events, at Troubled Youth Homes, um, and just sharing what God's done for me. Because people, when I got off the show, they wanted 
They want to meet you. They they want to take yeah. pictures with you because you've been on TV. And I said, you know what? If we're going to do it, let's get them in church and let me share the, the, the true story with them. And, and the real talent and the real power behind um, what they actually saw on television. Praise God. That and is so, so It has been a, quite an amazing journey. Um, but, you know, I, I do want to add a, a few other things if we have time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that have happened oh, I would never, since I would never then. Off, girl. Go ahead. Um, so, you know, when I came off the show, I continued to work on music. And I have to say, you know, I went through a period of time where I was trying to really restore my marriage because the distance had made that difficult. Um, trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do now? Do I continue doing music full time? Do I go back and try to get my job at the hospital back? Um, what does this look like for me? And I felt God calling me into music full time and he has um, been very um, just very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just gracious to, to me and my family and has sustained us financially, even though it's been a difficult journey. Um, and I've been able to perform in a lot of places and release a lot of music, but um, every single step of the way, I, I have struggled with uh, image. I've struggled with uh, what people think about me and, um, you know, what to post on social media. And it's only been within the last year where God has really kind of um, pulled me away from some of that and helped me to see the true reality of what's going on and um so last year uh, i had sort of a dry spell with my career i guess you could say and i ended up sick had a um, severe neck injury that came out of nowhere um, a ruptured disc in my neck and that put me down i wasn't able to perform uh, when they did that scan they found an inoperable brain tumor um, and then I found out the day before I went to the neurologist that I was pregnant with our first child. And I wound up having a miscarriage at nine weeks in September. And uh, I kept, you know, kind of got back to that place of asking God, like, okay, what are you doing here? Yeah. yeah. You know, like you told me to take this journey. Yeah. You told me to go this way. I'm going to walk with you guys because for some reason my battery is almost about to die. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, but anyway, I was like, you know, what, what is it that you're trying to do here? And, and what's next for me? And um, I started to get really depressed and discouraged. And um, then it was, you know, it, it was a time for me to have to like rely on him fully and completely. I had no choice um, at that point. And I think that's where he wanted to get me because it was a very much a refining period for mm-hmm. me. And, and looking back, I recognize that um, now my health is better. This year has been just full of the most abundant blessings. I am pregnant with our first, first child. Yes, <laughs> praise God. That's uh, awesome. Having a Congratulations. Thank you. And the timing of everything um, is is just unreal when I look back I look back at last year and I realized okay I was going through all these 
physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual challenges. But what God did during that time was refine and prepare me Praise for God. this year and everything yeah. that's coming. And, yeah. um, and so I am now working on the music. Uh, I have decided that I am going to no longer pursue the secular lane to be a light for Christ. I'm going to focus more on the Christian, um, contemporary Christian music. And if God wants to like cross me over like he did Amy Grant, then great. <laughs> and if not, you'll bring him with you. Yes. And that, and that's the thing. This industry is such a dark, dark place. And Girl, people don't yes. even realize what, what you're dealing with. Um, it's wicked. It is. And one thing I like to share with people that I've learned is, you know, when Lucifer was in heaven, he was given these beautiful gifts of music. Yeah. And when he was cast down, there's nothing in the Bible that says he lost his gifts. Oh, totally. And he knows this industry oh, better yeah. than yeah. anything else. And yeah. music is now infiltrating every part of our world and existence. Yeah. Everywhere you go, there's music. Anything you watch, there's music. And so it's really important that, um, you know, those of us who have been called into this ministry by God, that we share the truth about who he is. Yes. And that we stand up for um, what we believe in. And I felt like in that industry, when I was uh, pursuing, even though I was doing inspirational music, when I was pursuing more of the pop lane, um, there was just, there were just so many people who wanted to change me into right. what fits their mold. Yeah. You know, wear nothing on stage, sing about, you know, um, sex and infidelity and drugs. And, and I just can't be that person. And we don't have to be those people. And that's um, why that stress and that oppression came on you. I totally believe. I believe it. Yeah. Is because once you are delivered from a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, when that darkness gets on you, it is oppressive. It causes it causes suffering. It causes disease. It causes anxiety. Everything because yes. you're not even of that kingdom anymore. Right. And so you can't like it's almost like this. It's just horrid. And you so that's yourself. God is putting you into this position of being used for his glory. And he's going to take you places, Beth. Right now, I will just prophesy over you right now in the name of Jesus that he is going to take you exceedingly abundantly beyond where you can think or hope or imagine. And he's going to use your dedication in ways that you can't foresee. You will not be able to foresee what he's going to do to deliver you into abundance. That it's going to be his hand and your voice. And it's just going to astound you in so many ways. But it's not going to be but it's going to be his. I believe that. I so believe that. Amen. He's good. He's faithful. He is. He really is. And every single day he shows me that more and more. And it gives me an opportunity to share that with with people because of the things that I've experienced in this. And I wouldn't change anything about how this journey has gone. Yes. Uh, yes. The good, bad, and the ugly, you know, it's, it has, um, it has made me who I am. And I feel more and more prepared daily for what I'm walking into and, 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 you know, what he's called me to do. And, 
And I feel like that he, he does that with each and every one of us, as long as we'll allow him to, yeah. you know, to, to take control of our lives. And sometimes for me, especially for me, that was the hardest thing to do was just hand over the reins. Yeah. Say, you know what, you know better. And sometimes it takes, um, you know, not so comfortable situations and circumstances for uh, for him to get our attention. I would say for us to finally go. Okay. Uncomfortable situations. Almost yeah. always. It's only when we reach that level where the pain becomes intolerable that we're like, oh, maybe this isn't working. Right. Maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do it God's way now. And right. so if you were going to share, like if someone's like, all right, Beth, one thing I can apply today. What is the one thing that you have learned that they can just take root in right now and apply to their lives, no matter where they are, where they are and what they're dealing with? What do you know that works? Ah, uh, the power of prayer. Amen. You know, people so, uh, we're so quick sometimes to uh, let prayer fall by the wayside. We yeah. get busy, our day gets busy. Uh, even for me sometimes now, it, and this might sound terrible, but it's the truth. Uh, sometimes you just don't feel like praying. You, well, you wake up and you like just don't feel right. Yeah. And, and, and what I begin to recognize is that when I don't feel like praying, there's a reason. The enemy is really, really uh, trying to prevent me from inheriting all the things that God has in store for me Ooh. and to steal my blessings. And so it now that I realize, now that I really understand that I have, I mean, I always knew I had an enemy on this earth, yeah. but when I, when I, when I feel that way, I go, uh-uh, not today. Yeah. I have an enemy that wants to steal the most important thing I could possibly do away from me. Yeah. And, um, he wouldn't be battling you if the promise over your life was not of such impact. Absolutely. And, and so I think the thing that, that has really transformed my life along the way is number one, recognizing the importance of the power of prayer, but also recognizing that, um, our big, bold prayers, like they say in the circle maker, honor God. And that he honors those big, bold prayers. Because anything that we can do within our own power doesn't a lot of times give him the opportunity to be seen and glorified by those on the outside. It's those things that require divine intervention and that are absolutely impossible to us that you know, really can make a true difference, not only in our lives, but in the lives of so many others. And it's yes. so cool to be a part of something like that. Like, it's so cool to yes. be used by the creator of this universe for him to work a miracle. Like, I there's know. nothing more amazing than that. And so the only reason that may or, you know, like may not be happening in our lives is because we are limiting um, his power. So, Praise you know, God. I would just, Encourage each and every person, don't limit that power. Allow yeah. him to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever think or imagine. Praise and God. don't be afraid to tell him you're afraid. Don't yeah. be afraid to tell him, you know, I don't feel equipped because that's where he wants you. When yeah. you are not able to do it on your own, that's where he gets to step in and shine. Yes, yeah. So, Beth, you are, girl, you are preaching now. That is, so, <laughs> that's so powerful. 
Girl, there's anointing to preach over you. Oh man, Beth, you have just blessed. I I know that there are so many people that have been blessed during this and will be listening to the replay, but just from my heart, like it was if it was just me and you, you have impacted my life so much. I just want you to know. Oh. Just in um especially how you talk about prayer and that those times when we just don't even feel like it, that's that's there's a reason why. And I want to thank you just for being so real, so raw and so genuine to um, who you are, to your maker and to glorify God in everything. You are amazing. You are incredible. Um, Well, thank you. I appreciate you giving the opportunity to join you and to share. This won't be the last time. You are incredible. And you have got such support from I mean, our whole tribe over here, you've, uh, we've fallen in love with you. I can speak for everyone. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going right, to put, um, it's BethSpangler.com. Yes, ma'am. So, yeah, I wanted to put that up there. And back you up because um, you've got all of us. you got our love. you got our support. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. That was amazing. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, you are a blessing. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Are you ready to get radical results in your life? I can give you the jumpstart you need for massive success as a mom. In fact, I've got that mom show starter kit right here with your name on it, girl, and I want to give it to you absolutely free. Just go to thatmomshow.com or text the word KIT. K-I-T to 345-345. That's the word KIT to 345-345. That Mom Show Starter Kit comes with my best-selling time management program for moms, Squeeze the Day, my guided faith-based Master Mom Meditation, and a printable copy of the Master Mom Manifesto. Print that baby out, say it every day, just watch what happens. That Mom Show Starter Kit's valued at over $300, but I want you to have it for free. Just go to thatmomshow.com or text the word KIT, that's K-I-T, to 345-345. Again, text KIT to 345-345. I'll talk with you later.